Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Mm. Mm. Five. Well... <laughs> Silence there too. She gave it a moment. Yeah, I don't even know there is there is no one. game system that a five is going to be particularly <laughs> it's good. True. It's a whiff all around, but you know what? You got to overcome. This is this is my punishment for not buying cool new dice at Gen Con. <laughs> oh. I did not buy any dice at Gen Con. Wow, that takes what? strength. You know what? <laughs> I thought that was like a rule. <laughs> you walk in, they're like, "Here's the die table. Go." <laughs> Pick them up. Purchase. <laughs> Try one out. I think, yeah, I think not having any shopping budget at Gen Con was a significant aid in not buying any dice. Otherwise, sure. I might have. I'll go. I'll go next year with a bunch of money, and and I will just come home yes. with a giant bag of dice. <laughs> sounds lovely. I picture you rolling in with just like bills coming out of your pockets, like <laughs> I'm ready this time. <laughs> show me, show me your most expensive dice. <laughs> They're like, ah, take her to the back room. <laughs> It's like it's when you shop at Tiffany's and they're like, Oh, you want the nice stuff. Okay. Yeah, I want I want the I want the little blue box of dice. I want the Tiffany's there dice. Exactly. Look out though, if they have to put a bag over your head and take you somewhere. Don't go to a secondary location. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's very concerned about my well being. He's trying to He's warn like, me that and... I should not go into a strange room with people for dice. <laughs> It's Don't like getting into a van dice. for candy. <laughs> right? That's the grown-up version. <laughs> what are dice if well, not the forbidden candy? Oh, there you go. It all comes together. Well, okay, we have our PSA out of the way. Don't go to a second location, even if they're promising you dice. <laughs> God, what are we even doing here? <laughs> What's our show? Well, first, hang on. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? In the previously on, mm-hmm. who was talking when they when it was Griffin saying, "All I ask is that the next time I ring your bell, you come running." I was like, "Who, who is this?" I thought it was who is this person? Wasn't that Heath Stern? Oh, <laughs> oh no! I have no idea that. <laughs> I couldn't I thought, think of yeah, it. Um, I thought I there thought was something Stern... about maybe it was Stern. I thought mm. him only because of obviously what happens in this episode right yeah. and it did say department so probably it just didn't sound like him Dear it sounded like when he Griffin. puts the feminine edge on it yeah so it's like what woman is this i have no idea so it's like uh oh no oh no we've all failed <laughs> we can let's let's it was that five uh, i've <laughs> it's that five damn it uh yeah I, i'm sure we could err on the side of stern I think that yeah, that seems that's like what a, we're deciding now here on this it's show. It's most plausible, and, and somewhere someone is screaming no, no at their <laughs> no, podcast. Don't you app. remember you? Somewhere fool. someone has just listened to the episode where that where that happens, and they yeah, they're very <laughs> frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. How do you not even know? I'm sorry, dear listener. Okay. It's stern now. <laughs> okay, so we got to get to him. We have the the hornets just tearing it up out in the woods, ah, buying our beautiful. heroes some time to get into hopefully this uh this construct that has been put up around the gate in the woods here mm-hmm. and we come across the greatest obstacle <laughs> our heroes have ever faced mm-hmm. as it would seem which is a keypad and yeah sarah and duck just ready to be like well let's go home they gave it 
Don't call Grab a, a sixer and go. <laughs> I do like the way that Travis uh, jumps and going. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> like you pick her little Aubrey. Like wait, stay here. Don't don't go. His little voice when he says, "We've reached the second obstacle." <laughs> Trav had a lot of really good lines it in this so one. Yes. he was really delivering his Aubrey this time. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it thoroughly. I, I did the mental image of them walking up to this door, like knowing that they were going to have to break into this this difficult facility and Duck being like, well, seven, isn't it? And then I'm just leaving. <laughs> the hero of time, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, luckily, Trav does get that good role. There was a couple whiffs last time. This Thank time. God. Can you imagine <laughs> if he had whiffs. rolled like a three and just like fried... <laughs> The entire keypad and, like, two of them. The lights all over Kepler just go out somehow. Right. It connects to Absolutely. everything. Nobody has lights anymore. Flashlight, that, it I, goes out. It makes no was, sense. That was the scenario in which the keypad would have, in fact, pulled a gun on them. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it would have That's sassed exactly them. It. <laughs> the ring doorbell that the FBI has would have, like, sassed them back. Oh my god. Luckily, he does finally get that good roll and we get in. And this is where Minerva breaks off. Yes, yes. pulls Duck aside. So we start we start losing our fellowship. This right, this is where everybody is like, you must carry the ring. I have to stop here. Mm-hmm. But I have you to open vents. Carry on. Y'all go ahead. But Duck, mm-hmm. come here a minute. Yeah. Let me let me let me lay some uh let me lay a quick blessing on you, Duck. Let me lay a quick confession on you, Duck. There we go. That one. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. And how good to pull someone aside before their greatest battle and be like, BT dubs, you're not special. Right. Like, this was yeah. just... Shrug emoji. You know. I just kind of threw paint and it landed on you. As they used to love to say, they threw spaghetti at the wall. She threw spaghetti at the wall and <laughs> Duck, Leon... Sorry, Duck, Leo, and Sarah, all chosen. But then that's the thing. It is so interesting as she's talking, you know, and then you start hearkening back on things like even just him having a different vision than she did and Mm -hmm. then Leo and Sarah had had um, Mm -hmm. suggests that there is something a little bit more special about Duck. So I like this play on the fact that he chose the chosen one as the character archetype to play and then it became well you're not that chosen but then it turns out maybe you really are the chosen of the chosen yeah i i uh i I, i'm mad at justin actually for the speech that he followed this up with Uh i mean so like duck being so wanting to justify like maybe he was actually chosen because from a self-esteem standpoint this is this is a terrible time to tell him this like right sure actually it just sort of happened to you as opposed to something that you know because i mean it was something that was part of his identity but he fought it and then he accepted it and now he was mundane for a while and mm-hmm. now he's chosen again but he isn't he's i mean this been is on a real roller coaster this yes. is a roller coaster but yeah this this speech that uh that duck uh, or justin as duck does about believing in people um yeah especially then pivoting to the joke about alien invasion <laughs> <laughs> that was um that was a really good uh, I thought that was a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. I do too. I wrote down that line. Yeah, if you tell them they're capable of great things, they'll get there. Yeah. Right. And I liked that so much because that harkens back to balance and the mm-hmm. message that Istis 
gave the heroes and it's almost mm-hmm. like is is that a similar power there almost like mm-hmm. it was bound to happen but was that part of it who knows he's bound to be chosen but was minerva's faith part of it maybe maybe yeah i mean i think it it made um it made this story development since we didn't know this either it wasn't just the duck didn't yeah. know we didn't know either um it made it it made it land with uh with meaning as opposed yes. to just sort of being an additional piece of information mm-hmm Totally agree. And now Duck is a herald of the astral mind. You know, you know he's going to go on Vistaprint and get some business cards that say that, even though he can't give them out, but he'll know. He'll know. He'll just have one really nice one. He'll leave them in one of those little card holders, but you cannot take them. <laughs> Look, don't touch. And they embrace. They all roll to hug some ass. <laughs> I want this RPG, just for the record. I'm just putting I this in the universe. I want this, I want this game now. <laughs> the fact that they can pick up and run with anything so quickly is always something to be admired. <laughs> this moment in particular made me laugh so much. I feel like I was working with sharp objects at the time. And I was like, God damn it. Okay, you have to stop. <laughs> Laugh it out with the boys and then carry on. <laughs> the hazards of comedy podcasts. Absolutely. Do not do your mascara while you're listening to funny boys in a magical tavern. Yep. And do not be wielding sewing materials while you're listening to boys roll the hugs and ass. <laughs> Just a warning. <laughs> and then they take off. She and Leon go. Leo. Leo. She and Leo go. Leon's from the other arc. <laughs> Leon is also a boy in the I games I'm playing, say. so... This is true. He keeps showing up. Now, what, there was a piggybacking scenario here too, was there, there not? Was, there was a very... there was a, a bit happened where Leo tries to push some slim jims. Onto oh my Doug. god! Yeah, <laughs> that was also Justin can play a gay magical elf, but he cannot play someone who likes beef jerky. That is too far <laughs> off of his realm of comfort. And then Griffin pushing it still. You love beef jerky. I know I just, you do. I you saying. Oh my god, so love funny. <laughs> With that voice. God, the New York accent voice is so... <laughs> I think it's one of Griffin's favorites because it keeps propping Oh, he up. loves using it. Oh, yes. God. He loves to bring in an accent. So, yeah. And we love to hear him do it. We really do. And Duck is not about that jerky life. And then, yeah, Leo rides <laughs> off into the sunset on Minerva's shoulders. Well, and that's the funny thing. That's where I'm like, on her shoulders or on her back? Because those are two very different... They are, yeah. ...distinct ways of carrying somebody. I now on her shoulders, it's like fun. much bigger than we ever thought her to be. She is... I mean... She's a giant woman. She's a, a gem fusion. She's huge. I think she's, she's a little smaller than that. I don't know. I don't, Not anymore. Not if I if Leo's going to hoist <laughs> himself up there and ride off. No, no. Reel it back in, Brady. Because I'm thinking... I'm picturing like... Picturing like six foot, like six foot six, maybe at least, if not up towards yeah. seven feet. And yeah, I'm I was thinking seven or like eight. A, yeah. yeah, I I like think I always thought between seven woman. and eight. All right. So like shocking, but not like terrifying. Although Leo's like a little old guy too. Is so he though? Yeah, I was of... pictured Leo being kind of small. See, and I was I pictured him being small, kind yeah. of big. Oh, huh. Well, hmm. Listeners, what do you everybody draw what you picture Minerva and Leo to look like? Please draw us a height chart. Picture the scene where he's being carried by her. Everybody draw it. Let us know. Yes. Put it up on the murder board. Thank you so much. I'm excited about this. <laughs> Me too. I hope we get some responses. 
<laughs> so they ride off. Whether it's on her shoulders or on her back, we'll find out. And so it was kind of wild to me trying to picture this FBI construct, the way Griffin yeah. was describing it. Uh, I know what he means, I think only because there was something kind of similar in, I want to say it was, was it French or the X-Files? It might have been both. Oh. Uh, I think it might have been X-Files of these sort of like temporary buildings, but they're not completely temporary. Mm-hmm. Like they're, some... they're sturdier than a tent. So the walls are, um, you know, like they're put up quickly and they're this kind of white canvasy material but they're not canvas exactly like i know what he means okay um i also don't really know how i would describe it or, okay. or if it has a name but yeah like i know what he means so then there's there's still like real internal doors and you know flooring that's maybe like temporary flooring like steel sheeting that's down or something like that Got but it. but it feels more like uh, a real building like an actual okay. building than a temporary okay. structure. Okay, because I was very much picturing like sturdy walls of some kind, but then even when they get in, he's like describing like the plastic sheeting and stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm hearkening a little to, I mean, they bring up Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was also thinking little E.T. That's, um, those would yeah. be two that I was going to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Between them. Okay. But so it sounds like there's a little bit more structure on top of what, we were picturing. Yeah. It's not just okay. plastic sheeting because they had been there for a while. So this was sure, not it's been a couple just months, a temporary true. facility. This is probably something that they needed to have sure, you know, and they have, like, heated and cooled and, and secured. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. True, true, true. A lounge. Okay, thank you. Sleep yeah, areas. Yeah, Defo have to be able to, like, chill out with your buds. Have- Listen, everybody. The FBI works hard and they play hard. And I need everyone That's right. to remember that. <laughs> they didn't get to the back of the construct, but there is a volleyball court back there. Mm-hmm. So there's a, some pinball machines. There's Defo pinball. It is the X Files pinball machine, obviously. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Okay, so they get inside. And a foosball table. Don't forget. <laughs> and now we're inside. <laughs> and then, so they get inside. And I like that Thacker immediately is like, let me tap into where she is and kind of how she's feeling. I'm liking his mm-hmm. powers. Uh huh. Yeah, this Who is a knew? cool mechanic. Yeah. And he's a searcher, right? Like, that's his. I believe that is the title. Okay. Was it? I thought it was Seeker, but Seeker, yeah. Seeker, I think that's it. Mm, that's Harry Potter. Ah, <laughs> it's, it's also Legend of the Seeker, so I uh. may have this wrong. Maybe it is Search. It's one of those. He, he's a finder of <laughs> <He's> things. Fr- <laughs> Hufflepuffs are good at finding things. Damn it. You're too fast for me. <laughs> so Thacker, a Hufflepuff, is trying Thacker's to find a Hufflepuff. Mama, and he's mm-hmm. doing a great job. He's like, all right, mm-hmm. I got to read on her. And then they spend so long standing outside this plastic sheeting, deciding what to, what and how to check behind it. And I love the idea that the people on the other side aren't hearing. Mm-hmm five people have a conversation i think they're just on the other side very engrossed in their work (laughs) it's just so funny like imagining this all taking place it Mm -hmm. was cracking me up (laughs) the hand going through the plastic (laughs) well you know they had their headphones in listening to podcasts okay and you solved it (laughs) but yeah doug's hands going to knock it (laughs) This is that good gameplay that I'm always hoping oh, for. It's so good when they're all together. Uh, and so we have a little confrontation here. Yeah, because Duck's plan to lie and say that there was a flower emergency or something was definitely <laughs> right. not going to work. And he's he's it. only marginally better, I would say, at threatening people than he is at lying. Oh, 
girls, I was really into duck dead serious, <laughs> threatening appendages. I was like, all right. And it is so funny, even the first time you're listening, you're like, Homeboy's voice is not wavering. He is mm-hmm. not stuttering. He is mm. not searching for words. He means it as he is ho- holding the sword on this guy. Right? This is truth on truth. <laughs> Beacon's favorite game is fingers and toes. We all know this. Oh, he just loves it. Yeah, I just assume that, that Beacon and Duck have been watching action movies together oh. and that that's where this came from. Beacon I like, is like that image. Beacon has the bloodlust so hard right now. And he's like, I haven't right. gotten to cut anything in so long. I got the bloodlust. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> Well, and then, you know, to have these, everybody's kind of caught off guard by them, of course. So, like, the fact that then the sword is talking, too. <laughs> <laughs> Which Griffin's then, like, voice work in this is spot on as well. <laughs> yes. Everybody's really delivering this time. I appreciate it so much. Because <laughs> then is it the first guy Duck is holding Beacon on who then continues to move? Or was it somebody else? It was the first guy. Because okay. uh, Justin did not roll particularly well on these threats. That was it. Yeah. So he, he goes for the alarm. Yes. Mm-hmm. At which point Thacker decides to javelin him. Through the hand. I was really into Duck threatening. I was super into Thacker uh, nailing a dude's hand to the wall <laughs> with a stick. Just really good all around it's here, just a you good, guys. Good strong team right now. And he was out there in the wilderness for that long. Oh like, yeah, obviously you he's know got some he skills. had to. Yeah, that's how he caught his fish. I also appreciated Duck maybe trying to join a LARP group in the middle of this entire <laughs> confrontation. You have to take your opportunities when they show up. It was so funny. Duck is almost uh, serving up some, like, you know, it is the end of the world, but I still gotta be me vibes this time. <laughs> yeah. He's keeping it real. He's he's very, he's he's matured and grown. He's not, he's not panicked about what's going on. Yeah. He's very resigned to the fact that he has to do something. And he's got faith. It'll be fine. That's what I take from it. Either he has faith that, like, none of this matters because the world will end, <laughs> or he's got faith that, like, yeah, I'm going to come back and maybe I want to join a LARP crew. I mean, just like you have Danny and Aubrey making plans exactly. for their future, like mm-hmm. something to strive for, this is yeah. ducks. I need yeah. to join a LARP crew. I need I like to it. get my game on. When are we meeting? Monday's awesome. He'll have to arrange a schedule, but he thinks it'll be fine. I mean, he'll do it for LARP. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, now now I'm I, my brain is just going off in all these directions of, you know, then he's got to have a costume and he has to make Beacon, like, foam friendly. <laughs> he's going to, like, stick a pool noodle oh, over the end of Beacon. He's going to be so sad he can't play fingers and toes at LARP. Oh, Beacon is so mad. He's going to get so confused, like, like so excited that they're doing this. And then he's like, what, the, what, what, what? And then, yeah, the foam comes on and then he just is yelling the whole time. Here's my alternate suggestion. He just makes a foam version of Beacon to take to the LARP. <laughs> it has a little mouth and everything. He's like, yeah, this is my magic sword. It can talk. Everybody loves the idea. And they're like, wow, wouldn't that be so fantastic? And he's just kind of like, yeah, you'd think. I just like the idea that they all think he's he's like a really good ventriloquist. That he's oh, and like really works. into LARPing. That he's doing this this whole like ventriloquy Ooh. act with his foam sword. Ooh, yeah. And then you just play it off like it's my magic sword that loves blood and loves cutting things. And then, yeah, just is talking the whole time. They do have to discuss, you know, whether or not he continues to do this bit, like when they're at TGA Fridays afterward, because that is kind of awkward. It does oh, get yeah. a little dark. 
Anyway, back to the end of the world. <laughs> oh, jeez, yeah. I mean, I guess if we have to. Well, here, so we are, there's no alarms going off. Sarah breaks yes. off. She's in her domain now. She's like, oh, computers, yes. my life, my love. Yes. And she Jurassic Parks this shit. And she's like, I'm going to control <laughs> all the doors. Like, I can yeah. guide, use the doors to guide you, essentially, to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of her being the last bastion for humanity. Like, if you guys can't stop it, I'll, you know, cleave into it. And apparently she was being super sarcastic. I was like, that's the greatest thing in my mind right now. I like to think that she was saying it sarcastically, but also part of her is like, again, everything's with a hint of seriousness here. Everybody knows this might actually have to happen. But wouldn't it be dope as hell? Yeah, girl. Get it, get it, get it. Get him, get him. (laughs) (laughs) We will always go back to Gravity Falls. It's just a nice place to visit. (laughs) So she's getting him through, and we're making Mm -hmm. our way. We're almost there. And Mm -hmm. then we come to a decontamination room of sorts. Yes. And uh uh-oh, suddenly, (gasps) the doors aren't working so much anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh, suddenly, panel drops, revealing Stern. This is so villainous. It's (laughs) definitely the scene in the RPG when, like... A was possible there a b- boss battle is about to happen. Did a bunch of steam mm-hmm. come up behind him too? Because if it didn't, it should have. And it will in the movie. <laughs> but I love that he's really just kind of like hurt. Like you guys yeah. didn't tell me. Like we could have been palling around this whole time. How dare yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, how would, how would it feel, you know, if your friend group, you thought that they were just, like, going out for enchiladas without you, but actually they were fighting monsters? I mean, somehow that would make it worse. And they know that you want to fight monsters. That that's your whole And you being. also yeah. wanted enchiladas, but yes. Oh, see, now, at, at, when I listened to this, I was like, come on, Stern, quit being a bitch. It'll, it's fine. Like, you know, mm. now we can do it. But no, I get it now. Thank you, yeah. Anne, for reformatting it. So now I just hate <laughs> all my friends who ever did anything without me. Maybe well, but I mean, imagine if it was just like constant. The people were no, like, I totally oh, get it. well, we're not really going to do anything or whatever. And then you found out afterward, right, uh-huh. that they had just been hanging yeah. out and, and doing like something really important without you yeah. because mm-hmm. they, they didn't trust you to be included like uh-huh. that's terrible it is like, that would really, it's the that would thing really you're there for exactly yeah. i feel like this is why it felt very natural and realistic to me i really liked the way that griffin is playing stern here mm-hmm. yeah it did make me wonder briefly whether griffin expected them you know so stern has been available sort of as a resource mm. for quite a while now because he's been in town for a long time and i wonder if griffin wondered if they would ever if they would come to him, I, like if if yeah. if he had intended that to happen or one or come left that him. door open for for that maybe it was going to happen mm-hmm. that they were going to seek out Stern's help at some point and they didn't. I hadn't even considered that, but I bet you're totally right because that to me that sounds like a totally viable thing that could have happened mm-hmm. at any point. Yeah, yeah. And Duck brings up, we'll see what happened. When we did get the FBI involved, but it's like, there's one thing Mm -hmm. where you have the entire FBI involved versus this one person who is deeply into this lore and idea and maybe could have, like, fudged the numbers, not sent in that document and helped out. Yeah. Question mark. Shruggy face. I am totally here for this idea that, you know, I kind of was goofing about him seeming like a villain in an RPG, but I feel like that's kind of actually the situation here. If you think about it, you know how you'll have those ones like Chrono Trigger and stuff where it's like, Mm -hmm. this person could be on your party 
or you mm-hmm. could kill them. And mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. that's the case. So I do wonder if he's a similar situation where Griffin kind of presented this character where it's like, he, you can team up with him if you play it right. And Guys, just I need really a know. whole replay. Like, let's start <laughs> really all the way over the to where you... Stern is brought in. Yeah, bring, bring Stern into the party. The path where you romance him, maybe. Exactly. Well, <gasps> use the right dialogue options. So Anne opened the door, and I'm going to kick it the rest of the way Go. open. I am pushing you through it. Kick. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about the idea? Our new ship. Barclay and Stern? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh Submitted my God. for the approval of the Midnight Society, Barclay and Stern. How? <laughs> I just, I never, the, I, the ship I never knew I needed. It's been right in front of me this whole time, and I never even, like... That is always how it goes. How dare I? I'm so (laughs) upset with myself. Because, yeah, we've got, like, he's looking at everybody, he's like, you know, I thought we were cool. Barclay, like, calls him out specifically. Yeah. That they were best friends. He thought they were best friends. They were, and then you think about it, like, of course, like... There, who's at the lodge all the time? Mm-hmm. Barclay, who's like taking care of everybody? Barclay, who do you think he's going up to and just like, oh my gosh, you know, this isn't going right and blah, blah, blah. Like Barclay's listening to everything. They get close. It happens. Great. Like, oh my God, I was beside myself. <laughs> it was really something. Yeah. I don't think, I feel like this is again, kind of what we were talking about last time where it's like, I wish we had had a little bit more time to play in Amnesty. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. more time to play at the lodge uh, because we know at this point, you know, Aubrey's been there for over a year at this point, which means Stern's been there around a year, which would also yeah. mean all of these people probably know each other pretty well. So, of course, yeah. he's hurt by the fact that nobody was honest with him or he feels like he was being left out of all of this this whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's when you yeah. look at it in that scope that you're like, yeah, it makes total sense that he and Barclay, I think it's actually Aubrey who says, your best friend, which oh, yes. made me laugh so much. <laughs> but also I'm like, I, I love it. I totally subscribe to this idea. Especially, yeah, when you look at it from that other angle of this idea that they do, they all have known each other for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, Doc also makes a fair point that you know, this is the scenario that probably would have played out if they had told him. And you never exactly. know. like, Because right. he can say, like, well, but you could have trusted me. And if you had trusted me, it would have been different. Yes. But right. would it? But we don't know. We exactly. Don't, we don't know the answer to that. We don't know. We have to replay. <laughs> start the game over. Finish this one and then start it over. Right. Let's get to this ending. See how bad it is. And then, yeah. <laughs> see if we can get the good ending once you team up with Stern. Oh, that was the key. But yeah. And, and I like that, too, though. As much as I understand and appreciate the way Griffin played Stern in this moment, Aubrey mm-hmm. and Duck make just as good of points back at him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely that kind of like, you know, complicated thing that so Stern is best friends or friends with Barclay, but he's also hunting Bigfoot. See, but does he think that, does he think that Bigfoot's a murderous monster? Or is he just trying to find him? Because that's his department is the whole cryptid well, bit. It's unclear, but I mean, in terms of, that was how it was introduced to us initially. I so we don't remember. we don't really know. Like we don't know enough. See, I didn't about... remember that. I just knew he came for Bigfoot. Yeah, he was saying there had been attacks. There there was a oh. reason. It wasn't just like we want to find Bigfoot. Maybe he's there to protect Bigfoot. Brittany, Maybe. I'm really no. edging towards this romance angle. Come you're on, you're making guys. it less interesting it's if you're so trying good. to protect him. I submit oh. you're making it less interesting if Stern was always the good guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it's complicated. You gotta have a twist. So he's trying to kill Bigfoot, then finds out the person he's grown feelings for is Bigfoot. <laughs> exactly. Now, now we've got a story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But all, all that matters for now is the decision he makes in this moment, which is frequently how life works. That's right. And in this moment, hey, Stern's joined our party. Oh, excuse me. Joseph Stern has joined our party. That's right. That's right. Oh, there Joseph. you go. It does sound weird now. That now it doesn't <laughs> sound right. Like we got so used to Agent. Maybe his first name was Agent. What but if it's we? Not. I think oh, it's there you go. I think actually Thacker does call him Joey or Joe. He calls him some sort of <laughs> nickname, and it's cute and it's very comfortable. I like how loose mm-hmm. and loose and fast Thackers with nicknames. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we actually see another instance of a Thacker nickname about to happen. But first. As we go to find Mama, uh, they're greeted with um, a shotgun pointed right at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the return of your boy, Anne. Yes, he is back. So these are the two people I think that we discussed wanting to have come back for the finale. Stern yeah. to find out what he's up to and Haynes. And uh, we had some conversation, as I recall, about which person was going to side with them and which person wasn't. Um, uh-huh. And, well... He has got a hostage, so Agent Haynes is yeah. not our guy. <laughs> no. Right? Certified bad guy at this yeah. point. He's, that's the thing. He's also got the steam coming up behind him. <laughs> like, where is that even coming from? Who even knows? It's just, it's all for effect. This is what it is. This is how the game goes. You go up to Stern and you think, oh no, do I have to fight Stern? I like him. And then it's like, what? No, he joined your party. And But then that's when you know, use a tent, uh. talk to a Moogle, you're going to have to fight <laughs> Haynes in the next room. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And here we are. I am I am glad that Hal Leblin was back to read some more Me some too. more lines. That was that was yeah. a fun inclusion, and also to not have uh, Griffin have to do uh, I don't know like ten people talk for eight people, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And especially when he's already established, mm-hmm. I do wonder how many lines they had Hal record. Um, because, like, he's not there with them. I think probably they had Griffin do whatever the dialogue was in the, the moment, and then they yeah. just had Hal re-record it. Oh. That's, that would be my guess, see, too. That's seems smart. like the simplest. Uh, in my head, I'm like, these are pre-recorded. <laughs> no. They're you have amazing. to press they three exactly for the dialogue option. <laughs> oh, no, you got the Yeti. <laughs> I'm so happy. That's exactly what I wanted. Ah, she turned it on us. <laughs> What magic is they this? called Hal Loveland up on their dream phone? Uh, <laughs> Brittany is still wowed by the wonders of technology. Audio recording, amazing. She's been speaking into a can this whole time, and we've just been sorting it out in post, <laughs> just right? hoping. Yeah, and then I like just put the cover on it real quick and send it to send it my to sister. Me. What is that? Not <laughs> I put the show together. Oh, good. Brittany's can is here. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. We have our face off with Haynes. He's got a gun on him. Thacker calls Mama Maddie and she hates it. That was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Aubrey, this was quick thinking Mm -hmm. uh, for Travis to be like, Aubrey's going to take out Snitch knowing he's a little magical sword. Right. Say Haynes does say like drop your weapons Uh or weapons on the ground or something. But he does not expect magic knife time. Because who would? Hell no. Mm -hmm. Because he's a fool. Always be ready for magic knife time. (laughs) Another PSA. That's a shirt. (laughs) Sincerely romancing the zone. Maybe slightly less relatable. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Who knows what the future might bring? (laughs) Well, if you're ready, you won't take a knife to the shoulder like Uh, Hans does. Exactly. She does, unfortunately, Aubrey does, unfortunately, also take 
some damage. Though yes. that's a good vest. If she's only taking two damage from a shot, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's impressive. And she gets she gets Hanes. She does. He gets hit. She gets hit. Mm-hmm. Thacker body tackles Mama to get her out of the yeah. way. I like that that idea of like him grabbing her and then like immediately getting to work trying to free her from yeah. her confines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and when she sees him for the first time, um, I know we talked about him calling her Maddie, but like her response to seeing him is just real good because yeah, they haven't. There hasn't been this. She was gone lucidity. when he came back. Yeah. yeah, they haven't gone to properly be reunited with mm-hmm. one another under these so circumstances you would hope for something better but you take what you can get <laughs> mm-hmm. mama knows this she knows she's been she's through it all life um staying on thacker i did love this <laughs> this return to form as justin had to check and make sure his dad actually had <laughs> the ability to <laughs> encompass the soul of the universe as it were (laughs) and no big deal he totally can thacker thacker knows what he's doing (laughs) and it makes sense though that like he has no he has no fear he's housed the quill Mm -hmm. he is one with the of course he's like whatever y'all i'm gonna do this thing he's so chill he's just ready to go why did he encompass the soul of the universe he didn't have to roll against, like, mm. a, a difficult decision or something. I can't remember. I think it was when he was saving Mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because normally you'd have to roll against, yeah, like, act under mm-hmm. pressure. That was it. Yeah. And he didn't have to do that. He doesn't have to do that. He's just too damn good. Mm-hmm. Duck, mm-hmm. meanwhile, is gonna <laughs> jump into action and incapacitate Haynes. Yeah, a quick, quick poll of just the three of us who are on this podcast. Yeah. Did you know what a forearm shiver was? Or did you have to look it up? Because I definitely had to look it up. I knew what he meant. But... I had an idea. I had to look it up. I had to look it up and I did not know what he meant because we have just been dealing with four-armed aliens. Yes, I did initially think <laughs> so it was that's four where my head shiver. Worked. That's yeah. Yes. Yeah. the cutest thing. <laughs> I even wrote it down as that for the number four. <laughs> That's what it is now. In the context of amnesty, it is a forearm shiver, and it's just Billy going, woo. Because <laughs> he got home, and he's cold. Yeah, I, I knew I knew what he was describing. Like, I think from context, I was like, oh, okay, I know what you mean. But I did not, I did not know that term either. Yes. Yeah, was- so for anybody who also might be... Uh, unclear it is essentially like hitting somebody usually in like the the torso with your forearm yeah which would normally be padded and obviously ducks a beefy yes. boy so he it, doesn't need it but uh-huh. in, yeah. in a football context you would pattern. be wearing pads now get out there and forearm <laughs> shiver all your friends everybody go practice your forearm shiver <laughs> and maybe that just means pretending you have extra arms and shivering you do you go with what your heart tells you so while Haynes is now, thank God, incapacitated, oh my God, we thank get you. another incident of someone trying to force feed someone else some processed meat. <laughs> which is that the theme this time? That's the so. episode here. <laughs> As he's trying to, I love that he swears by this pepperoni gorb. I mean, I guess it did. It kept him going out in Sylvain. And it, it did what it had to do. But the idea of him like, God, you know, mama, eat it. She's like, I just, I can't. I cannot with this. It's the protein. You need He's the just protein. trying to feed like, people like they're baby birds. Oh, my gosh. That's it. He's just trying to take and care. She, and she takes it, and it does kind of kick her out of the stupor mm-hmm. that they had had her in. And 
she's now bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and I guess, y'all, we need to start adding pepperoni to our gorp. There may have been some <laughs> magic the in that pepperoni gorp. <laughs> I, I just assumed it was the, the flavor cacophony, you know, that you just couldn't, like, that just wakes you right up. <laughs> I think up. cacophony is the perfect word, yeah. I think that's, an, like, I think it just comes naturally with any of these boys playing any of these characters, but mm-hmm. I think for Clint especially, he takes so easily to, like, a good-natured character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Thacker is, not that Ned wasn't, and not that Merle wasn't, because they both had, they're just, obviously, we love those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something so jovial about Thacker yeah. that I think really blends well with just who Clint naturally seems to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to hear. He's just a really chill dude. Thacker, but also Clint. Yeah. I was going to say, he's just super yeah. easygoing. Yeah. So even trying to get her to eat this god-awful sounding garb, it's, you need it. You need protein. Doesn't understand why you wouldn't want to yeah. in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so proud of his beard, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> the full Twizzler. In- <laughs> <laughs> those are those moments. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, if there's a queer eye Kepler, I think we need to oh sign God, Thacker please. up for it. God, oh, they'd love him. They would just so love him. He fun. would love them. Bobby would have to remake his hut. I was <laughs> like, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I love but it. But it's great. The Quonset hut. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is the idea. That's that's the next season of Amnesty. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, queer eye RPG would be pretty cool, actually. Oh my God, oh. that's a great idea, Ian. That would be really cool. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> now we just have to write it and come up with all the game mechanics and i we definitely know how to do that <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so good you guys well and i think with that we we kind of start our cute send-offs as this is it we're ready mm-hmm. to move forward into into sylvain and obviously stern is gonna stay behind barclay is gonna stay behind with them mm-hmm. i like the mm-hmm. idea that it can be like Almost, almost a little bit of a mending for these two best friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They they can have a heartfelt talk during the end of the world, maybe. Oh, that's really romantic. Barclay does say they're gonna have a talk. Mm-hmm. They need yeah. a long talk, which is again looking forward to. We're all gonna get through this. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be good. I mean, it'll suck. <laughs> then after, oh my god, everybody come to H two O. That was fun. Swim up bar. Uh, glow lights in the pool. I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. There's always, you know, that's the one thing about the end of the world is that when it's averted, great party. Like, really great Such party. a good party. That's so true. That's what we're all looking forward to. I feel like every year we should have a We Survive the Apocalypse party. Because, I mean, I technically we idea. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any year, all hell could break loose. <laughs> Brittany, That'd that's a great, great idea. <laughs> well, and then also before we go through... Uh, Thacker sends us off with a poem, which was The Fairies by William Allingham. I had to look it up. <laughs> See, and I only knew it as the Willy Wonka man. Yeah. Creeping on Charlie. Sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew it from he that. Does give yeah, it that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Bit of both there. <laughs> and then Duck is reaching out to Minerva. Mm-hmm. He gets to project to her. That was fun. Yeah. Mm hmm. She's so impressed. I seem to have written She's down that's so hot proud. in response Ooh, to that I mean, scene. <laughs> I don't know. Girl, you're not wrong. I was very tired. <laughs> <laughs> you're very tired and very honest. Just keeping it real. Um, but even for them, that's a bit of a like, all right, this is it. 
And so she's ready to to tear to open it up mm-hmm. as soon as Aubrey does, and that's tear exactly where we leave it. And here we go. They open the doors, and oh my god, all of these uh, those like New Year's crackers just start going <laughs> off, and then there's like confetti everywhere. This was all a prank show this whole time. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> You guys, what would you even do? Like, how would you? I would laugh for two days straight. <laughs> I think I would murder everyone around me, and then very cry. different responses. <laughs> do not like this kind of surprise. <laughs> anyway, I apologize. I did take us away from this really monumental kind of ending we have. Yeah. The, the end of this episode where Griffin is describing the visuals of, of shit about to go down and that um, like Aubrey is reaching for the gate. This this moonbeam is, is coming down through the roof and illuminating illuminating the stone. And it's as like Minerva is bringing this giant sword down. And I was like, oh, man, if this was if this was animated, mm, it would be so yeah. cool to do like as the sword comes down, do like a like a diagonal wipe, right, mm-hmm. of these two scenes kind of spinning uh-huh. into each other. Um, yeah. I just, I, I had that mental image, like, really clearly, and I had nothing to do with it. So, <laughs> I'm telling you. That's what this show is for, yes. <laughs> I like it. I do not have the artistic skill to make that happen, but maybe but somebody, somebody does. somebody out there does, I know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully a movie studio someday. We'll <laughs> see. Well, girls... I believe that brings us to the end. Is there anything we forgot to mention that we want to bring up now? I have a good handful of things. All right. And mostly they are Barclay related. Oh, so boy. please bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> so this this one is only Barclay adjacent. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but it's when it's when they're getting ready to kinda get things moving and Barclay's moving a crate of plastic explosives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't mention that kind of shit if you can't use it later. So I just want mm. everyone put it on your murder board. Interesting. Fair. Keep your eye on it when the yeah. quill comes over. Like that's that's a tool for now. This team. Yeah, so. I would. You know, right. I would like to point out that Griffin did say Simtex, which is a uh, strategy game developer, and I think he meant Semtex, which is the plastic <laughs> explosive. Um, <laughs> so that is quite literally semantics, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you for pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, I, d- I just I thought that was entertaining because of course his his mm-hmm. uh, his brain would have pulled um, the game developer. <laughs> yeah, the, sure. The Crazy. brand of explosive. <laughs> yeah. Um. Second part is when Barclay stays. They have he has a moment with both Duck and Aubrey, and I assume he's having it at the same time, <laughs> where Duck is giving him the really complicated handshake. Oh, and yeah. Aubrey is saying, like, hey, when you get back, write 12-year-old Aubrey and tell her <laughs> she got to be best friends with Bigfoot. And I just imagine that happening simultaneously, that he and Duck are, like, going through this really complicated <laughs> of course, handshake, this, that, slap, slap, elbows, something, something. And, yeah, Feet also out, just... dance around exactly. each other. Yeah. <laughs> While talking to Aubrey, we're like, yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely multitasking. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Just a delightful Barclay time. Also, He's he picks good. up the crate one-handed, which was for mm. sure a flirty move. So, girl, he turned and full-on winked at Cern when he did it. I saw. Yeah, him. I did. They're gonna have a talk, but, but also check this out. I had to keep hiding my strength from you. Isn't it impressive? <laughs> right. <laughs> Look how exactly. awesome I am. <laughs> oh, I'm all a flush now. I can't wait. <laughs> Just can't wait. I hope we don't all die in the process. Mm-hmm. Anything else? 
Well, I just wanted to point out that we didn't talk about um, this very nice moment that Mama and Aubrey have right at the end, which is quite brief. Oh, my but, God. Thank you. But very yeah. lovely of, um, you know, just just I mean, sometimes you just need to be told that somebody trusts you, I think. And especially mm-hmm. for Aubrey having, you know, a really like fraught past and kind of a turbulent yeah. present, like having somebody say, I trust you to be responsible for other people and to take care of them. That seems very validating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up because, yes, that was another moment I felt was played so well between both Travis and Griffin. Mm-hmm. That was another moment that felt very real. Even just the way Travis is almost tripping over himself mm-hmm. for Aubrey to be telling Mama all the things that, all the things she did to like, you know, and not even the things mm-hmm. that she did, all the things they did together to keep everybody safe and protected and Mm -hmm. the way that griffin chose to respond to her in that very calming Mm -hmm. reassuring way it was very sweet it felt very real definitely very relatable too yeah yeah i appreciate that there were two sort of parental moments both of which were with women um, oh yeah as as the the parental figure in this episode Mm -hmm. i think that was that was a nice a nice thing to see yes here you know what i mean yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you see it in your head for sure (laughs) Yeah, you can. You know, like you said, Anne, I do. I, I'm really appreciative that they took the time to have those moments and those character interactions, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially here so close to the end of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, I think they all are aware that this is a moment that they may not have a chance for uh, yes. again because they don't know who's going to survive, if anybody. So that right. yeah. that adds more weight more weight to it happening it's more important that it does happen um when you know you're not going to have another chance Mm-hmm. Whew, girls it's getting heavy <laughs> and did you have anything else um i just want to give justin mcelroy a shout out for the mystic knights of tirna nagapol just <laughs> 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 amused me enormously like I, I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a cheap date with with jokes like that. I think because I'm like, ah, oh, you said the thing, and I also know what the thing is, but but I, I did enjoy thing. it enormously. It's so funny. I don't think I ever watched that show, but I really loved the idea of it. I don't yeah, know. I watched it occasionally. Now, can you give our listeners who don't know a rundown of the Mystic Knights of Turnanog? <laughs> it was basically it was a um, an American Irish co production. So yeah, it was yeah. basically Power Rangers, but like if Irish people were but cool, knights. was kind of. The- <laughs> Kind of the gist of it, like ouch, <laughs> yikes! Hey, Sorry, I, Ireland. Hey, I am actually Irish of Irish descent, partially. So, um, no, I, I don't mean like to dunk on the Irish, but um, but in terms of like the the background that they were coming from was that this sort of like mythological Irish background that that gave these people powers. I don't remember a whole lot about the plot, but it was basically like a, a an Irish toned version, fantasy toned version of like a Power Rangers style show. Yes. Yes. Is it streaming on Netflix? I do not. If anything, it's probably on YouTube because I'm not sure. I do not think That's there is true. a deluxe Blu-ray set of. Well, maybe there is. I I say this, and then you never know. There might be. But yeah, it was it was one of those shows like around the same time as like Big Bad Beetleborgs and uh, what's the right. VR themed one? I don't remember the name of that one right now. Uh, it was on like TBS or something. There were a whole bunch of assorted countries doing various what if Power Rangers, but not. Uh, yeah, kind of shows. it was a lot of like young kid to early teen mm-hmm. kind of shows yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or i guess older kid to young teen wait yeah what? Some, somewhere cares? in that anyway range. yeah like eight to twelve yeah. somewhere yeah what's great is on imdb 
It says mm-hmm. it's from 1998 to, and then there's no end date for it. So it, apparently, it's, 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 in its mind, it's still going on. I don't think so, because uh. all the actors only say they were in 48 episodes from 1998 to 1999. But <laughs> okay. I also feel like... Like, it was never actually cut off? I don't know. It's like when they're like, holy shit, is there still electricity running to that house that nobody's lived in for 20 years? <laughs> yep. We still greenlit That's this That's the thing? Mystic Knight. Oh that no one ever remembered to cancel it, so it's technically still on. That's that's what I think it is. <laughs> well, we've solved the mystery of the Mystic Knights of Tirnanog. <laughs> that's what this arc has been all about. Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything I said uh, besides i just again it was so funny the way travis said your best friend has been bigfoot this whole time made me laugh way more than it should have i don't know it was so funny to me yeah i do want the spinoff the, the <laughs> my best friend is bigfoot spinoff where they have to like get an apartment together and, and that it's would be just very them good. like doing like standing back to back giving like mm, baleful yeah. smiles over yeah. their shoulders because it's basically like if fox Mulder was hanging out with bigfoot like that would be so good 100 but is this also when he's hunting him uh-huh. And like that's that's the tension. Ooh, so it's a little Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I think, was the name mm, of the movie yeah, I did yeah, not yeah, yeah. see. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this will be good. I'll write this. Oh, I'm do on it. it. Absolutely. I support it. Uh well, on that note, I believe it is time to take us over to the polls. So, okay, a few days ago we asked everyone to find your end of the world team and party up. And the biggest crew is Fittingly, all you ride or die forest rangers. <laughs> that was with over half the votes. Damn. You love the forest. People really care about the environment. You really do. That's our audience, and we appreciate you. 100%. So this time, what do you think was the code for the keypad puzzle? We'll have that poll up over on our Twitter, at Romancing Zone, and we will meet you back here in two weeks. Till then, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. (laughs) 